Hello, friends. It's September 12th. This is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we read daily portions from the Old and New Testaments, making our way through all 66 books of the Bible in a year. It is good to have you with us. My name is David McAdam, and I will be reading today's portions from the One Year Bible in the Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Psalms, and Proverbs. We are on day 255 of our reading journey and have come quite a distance, having set out from the book of Genesis, and now we are gleaning from the writings of the prophet Isaiah, the 23rd book of the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah is writing about the judgment that is coming upon the kings and people of both the northern and southern kingdoms. He's giving prophecies that will have short-term, more immediate fulfillments, and also long-term future fulfillments. The accurate fulfillment of the more immediate, short-term prophecies give us confidence that the prophecies meant for the further-out future will be fulfilled just as accurately. In the closer-at-hand prophecies, Isaiah predicts that the northern kingdom of Israel will be conquered by the Assyrians and the southern kingdom will be taken into captivity in Babylon. He prophesies that the southern kingdom of Judah will be restored after the Babylonian exile. Further in the future are the prophecies concerning the great day of the Lord, in which judgment comes upon the nations and the peaceable kingdom of the Messiah is established on the earth. Today we'll get a closer look at the prophecies concerning the future when the promised son of David will reign upon the throne in a peaceable kingdom upon the earth. So let's begin today's excursion by stepping out into new territory in the book of Isaiah, beginning with chapter 10. Isaiah is prophesying judgment on the northern kingdom of Israel, here referred to as Ephraim. The ruling class in Israel had devised a legal system that had departed from the standard of the Mosaic law and oppressed their fellow citizens. Isaiah chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Woe to those who decree iniquitous decrees, and the writers who keep writing oppression, to turn aside the needy from justice, and to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widows may be their spoil, and that they may make the fatherless their prey. What will you do on the day of punishment, in the ruin that will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help, and where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the prisoners, or fall among the slain, For all this his anger has not turned away, and his hand is stretched out still. Isaiah's Prophecy of Judgment on Arrogant Assyria Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger! The staff in their hands is my fury. Against a godless nation I send him, and against the people of my wrath I command him, to take spoil and seize plunder, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets." But he does not so intend, and his heart does not so think. But it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off nations, not a few. For he says, Are not my commanders all kings? Is not Kalno like Carchemish? Is not Hamath like Arpad? Is not Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has reached to the kingdoms of the idols, whose carved images were greater than those of Jerusalem and Samaria, Shall I not do to Jerusalem and her idols as I have done to Samaria and her images? When the Lord has finished all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, he will punish the speech of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the boastful look in his eyes. For he says, By the strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I have understanding, I remove the boundaries of peoples and plunder their treasures. 
Like a bull I bring down those who sit on thrones. My hand has found, like a nest, the wealth of the peoples. And as one gathers eggs that have been forsaken, so I have gathered all the earth, and there was none that moved a wing, or opened the mouth, or chirped. Shall the axe boast over him who hews with it, or the saw magnify itself against him who wields it? As if a rod could wield him who lifts it, or as if a staff should lift him who is not wood. Therefore the Lord God of hosts will send wasting sickness upon his stout warriors, and under his glory a burning will be kindled, like the burning of fire. The light of Israel will become a fire, and his holy one a flame, and it will burn and devour his thorns and briars in one day. The glory of his forest and of his fruitful land the Lord will destroy, both soul and body and it will be as when a sick man wastes away. The remnant of the trees of his forest will be so few that a child can write them down. Isaiah prophesies that the remnant of Israel will return. In that day the remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will no more lean on him who struck them, but will lean on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. A remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. And though your people Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will return. Destruction is decreed, overflowing with righteousness. For the Lord God of hosts will make a full end, as decreed, in the midst of all the earth. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrians when they strike with the rod and lift up their staff against you as the Egyptians did. For in a very little while my fury will come to an end, and my anger will be directed to their destruction. And the Lord of hosts will wield against them a whip, as when he struck Midian at the rock of Oreb. And his staff will be over the sea, and he will lift it as he did in Egypt. And in that day his burden will depart from your shoulder, and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of the fat. He has come to Ath. He has passed through Migron. At Michmash he stores his baggage. They have crossed over the pass. At Geba they lodge for the night. Rama trembles. Gibeah of Saul has fled. Cry aloud, O daughter of Galim. Give attention, O Lasha. O poor Anathoth. Madmena is in flight. The inhabitants of Gabim flee for safety. This very day he will halt at Nob, he will shake his fist at the mount of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Behold, the Lord God of hosts will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The great in height will be hewn down, and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe, and Lebanon will fall by the Majestic One. Chapter 11 The Righteous Reign of the Branch There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, 
and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people, from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal for the nations, and will assemble the banished of Israel, and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The jealousy of Ephraim shall depart, and those who harass Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not be jealous of Judah, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim. But they shall swoop down on the shoulder of the Philistines in the west, and together they shall plunder the people of the east. They shall put out their hand against Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites shall obey them. And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt, and will wave his hand over the river with his scorching breath, and strike it into seven channels. And he will lead people across in sandals, and there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant that remains of his people, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. And this concludes our reading of today's portion from the Old Testament, from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. We are reading Isaiah's series of prophecies that have both short and long-term fulfillments of an invading darkness and a coming dawn. There is the prophecy of the Assyrian conquest of the northern kingdom and the Babylonian captivity of the southern kingdom. These events will be followed by the dawn of a returning remnant to Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile. The far distant application, as we have already seen, touches on the greater deliverance of salvation through faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the promise of His kingdom reign upon the earth. As we read Isaiah pronouncing judgment on the society in which he lived, we can see how applicable it is to our society today. Isaiah rebukes the lawmakers and the judicial courts and reminds them of their responsibility and accountability to God. This is what the expression one nation under God in our American pledge is all about. God is not our mascot. He is our creator, redeemer, and judge. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Woe to those who enact evil statutes and to those who constantly record unjust decisions, so as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor of my people of their rights, so that widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the orphans. Now what will you do in the day of judgment and in the devastation which will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help and where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the captives or fall among the slain. In spite of all this, his anger does not turn away and his hand is still stretched out. Isaiah chapter 10, verses 1-4 through 4. 
Whereas Isaiah's prophecy has the judgment of the invasion of foreign armies in view, he is also referencing the day when we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 and Acts chapter 17, verse 31. Daniel Webster, the great statesman and orator who served in the U.S. House of Representatives, Senate, and as Secretary of State for three presidents, was once asked, What is the most important thought that ever crossed your mind? He replied, The most important thought that ever crossed my mind is that of my individual responsibility before God. After exacting the prescribed punishment, the Lord's anger is still not exhausted. God's hand of justice that demands punishment for sin is still upraised. In sinning against the eternal God, His eternal wrath calls for either everlasting punishment upon the sinner or that punishment being taken on the body of the eternal God Himself on the cross. The key verse follows, God is using the Assyrian nation as the rod of the chastisement of His people. After He accomplishes this, He will then act justly and punish Assyria. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, and the staff in whose hands is my indignation. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 5. So it will be that when the Lord has completed all His work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, He will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the pomp of his haughtiness. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 12. Although Assyria is the instrument that God chooses to demonstrate His wrath against the sins of His people Israel, the axe cannot raise itself above Him who swings it. In chapter 10, verse 15. Therefore, the Lord Almighty will bring judgment on the Assyrian forces. In verses 16 through 20. Verse 20 focuses on the restoration of Israel after a remnant returns from the exile in Babylon. Now in that day the remnant of Israel and those of the house of Jacob who have escaped will never again rely on the one who struck them, but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. Isaiah chapter 10 verses 20 and 21. Therefore the Lord, through the words of the prophet, exhorts His people to see the big picture and put their trust in God who has a greater plan. Our God is so great that He makes even the wrath of men to praise Him in Psalm 76 verse 10. Those in Judah should not be afraid of the Assyrians. For in a very little while my indignation against you will be spent and my anger will be directed to their destruction. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 25. The long-range vision focuses on the messianic hope in Isaiah chapter 11. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips will he slay the wicked. Also, righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. This is followed by a picture of the peaceable kingdom of God. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little boy will lead them. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6. The ecosystems will be in balance. It will no longer be a matter of the survival of the fittest, 
All creation will worship him by functioning in submission to his righteous rule. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The measure of all things in this kingdom is Christ Jesus. He will reign and make his enemies his footstool. And he will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel and will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 12. As he did for Israel when he opened up a way when there was no way, a way of salvation by parting the Red Sea and enabling his people to cross over on dry ground, he will open up a way for the believing remnant of Assyria and all nations. Now let's move on to our reading from the New Testament, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 11 through 21. Paul expresses his concern for the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 11. I have been a fool. You forced me to it, for I ought to have been commended by you. For I was not at all inferior to these super-apostles, even though I am nothing. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. For in what were you less favored than the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not burden you? Forgive me this wrong. Here for the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, for I seek not what is yours but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children." I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ, and all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. This concludes our reading from the New Testament portion from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. The Apostle Paul is continuing to defend his apostleship. He recognizes that in himself he is nothing, yet his life and ministry testify that he is the real deal. He is an apostle, a servant of Jesus Christ. His critics would have Paul operate the way they do, charging fees and placing a heavy burden on them. But that is not Paul's heart. He does not exploit. He makes spiritual investments through the power of God's sacrificial love. I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15. Paul's team members, such as Titus, have that same spirit of love. His confidence is in being an in-Christ one. All that he does, he does for their strengthening in Christ. He challenges them to act like in-Christ ones, so he won't have to reprimand them in person, for that would grieve him. He lists the sins that they need to give attention to putting away. For I am afraid that perhaps when I come I may find you to be not what I wish, and may be found by you to be not what you wish, 
that perhaps there will be strife, jealousy, angry tempers, disputes, slanders, gossip, arrogance, disturbances. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God may humiliate me before you, and I may mourn over many of those who have sinned in the past and have not repented of the impurity, immorality, and sensuality which they have practiced. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20-21 through 21. And now for our next stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Psalms, the Bible's song and prayer book. We are in Psalm 56, and we will read verses 1 through 13. In God I trust, to the choir master, according to the dove of far-off terebinths, a miktam of David, when the Philistines seized him in Gath. Psalm 56. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape? In wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank-offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Once again, the psalmist is under attack. He notes that his enemies do so in pride. They twist his words and are always plotting to harm him. He is not ashamed to confess his emotional griefs and fears. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. He asks the Lord to be mindful of his prayer, record his lament, list his tears, and come to his aid. He resolves to be faithful, to praise the Lord, and to fulfill his vows as a worshiper, and to put his trust in his holy word and unfailing promise. For you have delivered my soul from death, indeed my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Psalm 56, verse 13. Now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 6 through 8. Do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies, for he is like one who is inwardly calculating. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsels that you have eaten and waste your pleasant words. This is another proverbial call to be careful in relationships, and especially in business dealings. Self-interest is the way of the natural man in Adam. People can pretend to be kind, flattering you with apparent generosity, yet be calculating how to take an unfair advantage. Now let's ask the Holy Spirit to seal these truths to our hearts in prayer. Lord God Almighty, thank you for sending forth your light into the darkness. We who once sat in darkness have received the light of life, 
who has enlightened our heart's understanding and has come to reign within as the Prince of Peace. He is the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Second Person of the Trinity, who has shown us the truth of who you are as our Everlasting Father. You so loved us that in your wisdom you gave your Son to us to be for us our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All that we need is found in Him. By the Spirit of burning, continue to sanctify us according to your word and empower us to take the gospel to the nations, that the earth may be full of the knowledge of your glory as the waters cover the sea. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. We have a lot to look forward to as we pray your kingdom come and your will be done, especially as we read through the prophet Isaiah of what God has in store in his peaceable kingdom. And I trust you share this common prayer request that he would reign in our hearts. Thank you for joining with us today. And God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow to continue our Bible reading. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us by writing podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading, you can subscribe to a daily email at our website, newlife.org. And there are other resources available at that website where you learn about our missions and ministries and how you can be a supportive prayer partner. Enjoy the rest of your day and may you be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Shalom.